space. The <laughs> final frontier. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I wanted to do podcasts. The final medium. <laughs> These are the voyages of Cassie and David. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> adventures <laughs> to talk about Vampire Diaries and Star Trek. Are you sure this is what you want? <laughs> oh, this is exactly how I wanted to start. Hello, everybody in podcast land. I'm David. Oh, are we starting? Yeah, we're starting. Okay, let's 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 try. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going this. This is the no. real, real. And I'm Cassie. Oh my gosh! Hi, I'm Cassie. <laughs> and this is gonna be a whole thing. This is so fun. This is the inaugural episode of the Fight for the Remote yeah. podcast, where uh, we wrestle. <laughs> um, and I win. Yeah, be, well, I mean, probably, yeah, I, I, I want it. <laughs> I was going to say something, I'm like, ah, we'll save that for later in the episode, once people are tricked into uh, into listening deeper. The purpose of this podcast is for us to share shows that we love deeply with people that we love deeply, person that we love deeply. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe we'll open the show to people at some point. We only have two mics, though. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck everyone else. Fuck We're God. the only people that matter. You and you, audience, probably you. listening by yourself. I doubt people are listening with their partner. Yeah. Hey, you could. Hey, you, that's the whole point of the show. Basically, kind what of. we're gonna do is every week we're gonna do one episode of Star Trek Next Gen, mm-hmm. which you know that's my my cho- show of choice, as you can tell by the bathrobe I'm in, and as well as some of the decor. I pulled out some of the Star Star Trek stuff, but also an episode of The Vampire Diaries, which is a show that. <laughs> Cassie loves yes. deeply. When did um, your love for Vampire Diaries start? So I probably don't love Vampire Diaries quite as deeply. When did as, your adoration? Uh, as you like Star Trek. Um, but uh, you know what? I came to Vampire Diaries like probably a few years late. And I think I think it was back in the time when you were still like renting DVDs to watch series. Mm, yep. I think. Did you ever have and that Netflix that was like by mail? I did not. Ah. No, no, no. But because um, I, I went through this with One Tree Hill as well. And then I think Vampire Diaries. I think I did a, a move or something along those lines where I needed to binge something. And I was like always a fantasy buff. But mm. when I grew up, I wasn't allowed to watch like vampire things or Why whatever. Not? I very, very strict Christian upbringing. Mm. No Harry Potter. I could watch any Disney movie, no. but... Not things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer yes. or anything like that. So here I was, somebody who loved fantasy, and I saw Vampire Diaries. Everybody kind of talked about it. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just put it on in the background. And I binged it <laughs> until <laughs> <laughs> I like, did not see the light of day because I'm a vampire. And yes. um, and then I caught up, and then I started watching it like week to week, like everybody else, because I had cable ah, back then. Wow, you know? yeah. The, yeah. Olden, the olden times. The olden days. <laughs> Back when you could PVR. God, that's a word I haven't heard in a long time. I know your parents have a DVR or whatever, a PVR. PVR, DVR, I don't know what it... I don't Personal know. video recorder? Professional? No, because digital video recorder. Regardless. It doesn't matter. They can Nobody listening to this podcast uh, has a DVR in their house. Actually, there's probably someone that has a DVR. Somebody's got to still have cable and have the like pay, like record feature. Yeah. But it's not us. No, we just have every streaming service, which probably adds up to the same prices. We're getting rid of them one by one. (laughs) We're we're putting them all on Plex. We, uh, I mean, I would never. I was gonna say, I would never. I would never. We would never do that. Uh, Anyways, speaking of Netflix sucking, (laughs) (laughs) 
The reason I love Star Trek, and it's funny because you know me so much as a Star Trek guy, but before we started dating, I don't think I ever would have been like, I'm a Star Trek guy. It's not Star Trek guy. It's a Trekkie. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't even think I qualify as a Trekkie. I don't know. You have a tattoo of it well, behind now your I, ear. Now I fucking do. I almost called it an ear ball. My ear holes. <laughs> no, ear ball. My corn hole. Oh, dear Lord. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, it's something that I, you know, it's always been around. It was huge when I was, we were young. Um, my sister liked it, but when I was, you know, living at home still, I was too young to really appreciate it. I like Star Wars way better. Mm-hmm. It was actually my first girlfriend that showed me Star Trek Next Gen in a real way. Uh, and I remember her showing me, she had the DVDs, but they weren't like the series. It was like the Q DVDs. So it was all the Q episodes oh, or something. Oh, random. Uh, and I remember being like, oh, this is pretty cool. How old were you? Uh, 18, 17, 18. Okay. Just a baby baby. Just a baby. Just a baby baby. What do you think my first girlfriend was? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, honey. <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and so I, I liked it. And I kind of got into it and then I, you know, never really watched it all the way through. But then I later had a roommate who was, again, more into Star Trek than I was. And then we kind of just he would have it on and I would watch it over his shoulder uh, and eventually kind of watch watch through Next Gen, then Voyager. Uh, and he watched Deep Space Nine. I didn't watch it over his shoulder. I And then I, I think watched Enterprise anyways. But then like over the years after that, I kept thinking about it and, you know, getting tired of Star Wars because it kept fucking up and being worse and worse and worse every single year. And then like. I just wanted to watch Star Trek. So I started watching uh, original series. And I remember like I was on vacation somewhere and I was kind of sick and I watched the original series and it clicked for me. It was like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> and it really is impactful. And like the the social messages, they might be like a little bit old, but they still hit hard today. And it felt so comforting and safe at that time. And then I kind of just went through original series, watched the movies Um and it's funny, I, I know a lot of real Star Trek fans hate the modern movies, the J.J. Abrams ones, but those kind of helped invite me in a little bit more. I remember like before I was really Star Trekky, I felt like those movies were inviting and they, they brought me into the world and I like these characters. And yeah, they're like, you know, caricatures almost of the original characters. Yeah, but and, but isn't that almost what the point of those movies are is to bring Star Trek or whatever this like older like tv show or i think to this new generation to bring in new fans certainly well also like catering to the old ones a little bit a little but bit. i think it's supposed to bring in that next generation um we won't stick on my thoughts for star trek too long because it'll come out throughout and i'm sure as we get later on exactly there'll be kind of episodes that kind of break through it but um that's kind of your love of vampire diaries that's my love of star trek this well, is i didn't tell you my love of it you asked me when i started watching oh yeah i guess i okay <laughs> <laughs> when did you fall in love the with Vampire Diaries? The Damon Salvatore comes on the screen okay. is when I fell Like 35 in love. minutes into the first episode? <laughs> no, I think I just have always had a love for fantasy and but I, I grew up with like more like Narnia and yep. various things like sci-fi was not in my house like mm. at all. I didn't Star Wars. I didn't watch until 25 years okay. old and then Star Trek. I maybe saw an episode here and there, but I was raised on Rocky movies and Bruce Lee, like it was <laughs> a very different upbringing, but I was always drawn to the more like fantasy realm. Even when I um, was in my strict Christian upbringing and my mom worked at the Christian bookstore, mm-hmm. I would always go in and be like, what's the most fantasy Christian, Christian book yeah, I, remember my mom, I could read? 
trying to get me into Christian fantasy books. Uh, and they all sucked except for Narnia. No, you know what? I read some really good ones like uh, Frank Peretti and there was a few good, but I digress. Um, so w- when I got out of the house and like and living on my own and I could watch Harry Potter and I'm like, I'm a big girl. I can do it. I won't. Um, and then I started watching like Vampire Diaries and just yeah. being able to get lost in it. I was never I was never huge into Twilight. I didn't fully get that hype. But Vampire Diaries for me was a bit more. It, it clicked a little bit more. And I. Mm. But yeah. Well, it's funny. I think we'll start with Star Trek this mm-hmm. week, um, which is. Okay, bear with me. I'm going to be on my phone, but I have my notes on my laptop, but it's the it's running the webcam and <laughs> this. So I need to pull up this. I think I'm on the wrong account. Oh, my God. Everything is a mess. Yeah. Seems about right for did us. Did you take notes? I did take some. Yeah, but I, I already have mine ready to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, we are talking this week. Actually, yeah. I'll probably cut a little bit of that. We're talking this week about Star Trek The Next Generation's first and second episode combined, Mm -hmm. which is Encounter at Farpoint, parts one and two. Cassie, what did you think of that episode? Just kind of a general overview. Um, I I really loved the episode. Um, We knew, I think we need to also like, preface this going in that we are not here to tear apart yes each other's shows no we're not trying to hate them we're no. not trying to make fun of them we're actually we have very similar tastes and we like a lot of the same things in the end and we're here to watch them together and laugh at them love them enjoy them so this th- we're not here to bash but we're also here to be honest yes. so when things are cheesy or when there's a 300 year old vampire trying to hook up with a 15 year old we're, call it out. we're gonna we'll call, call it out. out. We're gonna talk about it. Um, but we're not here to insult the other's TV show. We're here mm-hmm. to learn to learn to love it. Yes. Joke, you know, kind of a thing. Um so but I had I knew I was gonna like Star Trek going into it. Um, well we've watched the Orville together. Yeah, I love and, and we'll the do Orville. a special episode at some point, I think breaking down our thoughts on the Orville. But... And like the connections to it. I, yeah, yes. I'd love to do that. My introduction to sci-fi was actually like Firefly. Ah, and I was blown away by how much I loved that. So when you said let's watch Star Trek, I gave you a hard time and I eye rolled, but I you didn't mind. Like it. I didn't mind. Um, so I really liked this episode. It starts off with a bang, like, like. How does it start? <laughs> I'm just saying Look, the the series. Oh, starts I see. off yeah, with yeah, yeah. a bang. Like it's a pretty. It's like I don't know the words I'm looking for, but it's like a pretty hard hitting episode with a lot of like moral. Help me, babe. Moral discussion. Yeah, sure. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, Philosophizing. So, sure. <laughs> That's exactly the word I wanted. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the journey we went on. I enjoyed that it's enjoyed. Enjoyed. <laughs> We're definitely going to get more of that from Star Trek than we are from Vampire Diaries. But I did appreciate like Q coming in and um, actually we might as well like dive into my, should we dive into my thought with that? Yeah. Tell me what you thought of Q. Did you know anything about Q before the episode started? I can't remember if I like mentioned him or um, not really. Okay, no, 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 I didn't know anything. Um, he well, first of all, he looks real good in that like World War Two uniform. Really? Yeah, looks real cute. interesting. He like doesn't even process as like uh, a hot possibility. Well, to me. no, not in the weird middle medieval head hair bob wig, but when yeah, he's like, in like the, like, the crusade ship, <laughs> ship captain, <laughs> when he's in like. The army, like, the yeah, he looks pretty cute, but that's not. Huh. <laughs> I'll, I'll send him a message. Yeah, I, let him I know. wonder if he's like, I mean, you're not the yeah. first person to think he was hot. 
Like I, the power he has. Yeah. And like and he's got like a really good smolder. He's got mm. these like very mischievous eyes. Um, but I'm not flirting with Q. So <laughs> I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I'm not flirting with Q. I'm, I'm flirting not, with unless you. Unless he's interested. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was interesting when he's like talking about the savagery of the human race in the in the past and the like kind of era that he's talking about, especially when he comes back into like the where they're sniffing. Oh, the that's like World War Three. Yeah. It's weird that we're kind of alive in it. Like it's not mm. happening, but that's the years that he's referring to or like yeah. 2036 or something. I think they mention. Um, and when he talks about all the things that were happening and stuff, it's like, OK, but we're kind of in that. A hundred percent. And it's, it's, and that's eerie. It's painful. <laughs> Star Trek's been really good at predicting a lot of the future. We'll, we'll do an episode where we like kind of discuss is Star Trek doing a good job telling you it's universal story. Yeah. I think we'll um, need to be way more into it. Um, but uh, I think it's a really smart episode set up to kind of give you broad strokes of like how we got to where we are and also set up like these humans aren't, you know, the 21st century humans that we are like are, even though we're not quite as intensely you know, tribalistic as we see the 21st century in quotes humans in the show, the 24th century humans we see, like they're elevated and they're better. Uh, and I love that Picard has to prove that and he has to show that and he has to overcome, you know, some of his daddy Picard, daddy Picard, <laughs> um, his darker instincts or, you know, his, his like tendencies to what seem to be violence, but they, they overcome them that, that humans can be better and I think that's something I love about Star Trek. Well, we're I'm gonna we'll stay we will stay specific to this episode. I don't want to go into like Star Trek love yet. I thought it's interesting because I've seen more Star Trek. We've watched the Orville. I forgot that the show starts so self serious. <laughs> it's pretty like it takes itself very seriously in the first episode. Like there's there's always you know Captain's log giving you exposition for the episode, but the one they do in this episode, it's like this. Picard is kind of obscured in darkness and he steps forward and half his face, face is like dramatically lit in <laughs> darkness. And it's just like such a cinematic shot. And they put so much effort into making it kind of like more serious than even the original series ever was. And honestly, like the the production values stay pretty consistent, but the lighting just kind of gets more lazy <laughs> as we go along because they just like they have their sets. They have the lighting that's set up and they just shoot in there. Um, and they had pretty strenuous schedules and stuff, but this episode, you can see they were putting a little extra effort into the flair of the yeah, styling. Yeah, bring you in. Yeah. It's episode one. And so it's interesting. Um, what? So you you told me what you like about Q. What did you think about Picard himself? Um, well. Daddy Picard? Daddy Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's handsome? I mean. He's han well, he's handsome. Yeah, I'm, my daddy issues are going to come out eventually, so I might as well just come out swinging with them. Daddy track. <laughs> um, but no, I find him like as much as he is having to put out like stern and commanding, um, I still find him like he still just has this warmth. And I really mm. love how um, Patrick Stewart is able to portray that. Like you're not going to mess with him, but not. But even though he seems cold, he's not. He yeah. still is like he has his teams back and and they rush to support him instantly. Like a Q at some point sits in his chair and the team all knows that he's bad news, but they instantly all Get go up. like, yeah. excuse me. And, yeah. he, and he has to stop them. Right. Um, 
But it's funny how like I find him super relatable, how he when he meets um Riker and he asks basically asks Riker for help on being compassionate towards <laughs> children. <laughs> I love that. He's like, I'm not a family man. <laughs> yeah, but I need your help in seeming genial. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I have a kid, but I do like that really did mm-hmm. appeal to me in a way. It's like, how do how do I pretend that I like <laughs> like children? <laughs> I I but, love. Yeah. No, sorry. Finish your thought. No, no, no. That was it. It's just like I, I just really appreciate that he is able to portray this like this stern coldness while still bringing so much genuine warmth mm. and compassion. Yeah. But. With not not being frilly about it at all. Well, I really like to. He's really, you know, contentious with Riker to start. Like I'm, I I forgot how confrontational is, and he he's cold and he's kind of te- he's kind of cold to him, but he's testing him. Yeah, and I, you get that sense by the end of the episode. You get it. He's actually not an asshole, even though he kind of came across the way. But he's trying to feel out Riker and see if it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it makes it so rewarding at the end when Riker does kind of succeed. And it's interesting to me on this rewatch, seeing in the pilot, some of the dynamics they were sort of trying to go for and won't quite land. Like this time, I wondered if. Okay, so this time I, I, I always try and compare different tracks and, you know, see how there's different analogs, to different characters. And so, you know, Spock is, you know, Captain Kirk. Um, and in my head, yes. And we watch you've seen the Orville and you've seen the modern movies, mm-hmm. but we haven't watched original series movies yet. No. Uh, we haven't watched original series gen- mm-hmm. in general. It's way better than you think it is. And it's way more fun. Um, <laughs> but I always assumed that when they were designing the characters, they took Spock and made him Captain Picard and they took Kirk and made him Riker. But what I think they tried to do is they tried to do Kirk as Riker and Data is is Spock and that makes they, sense. It, it makes sense. But I also, in this episode, they kind of bond and are, you know, more prominent than they'll ever be again. <laughs> they're not re- like, they're both important characters, but they don't really have that many stories together. Who? It, uh, Riker and data. Oh, okay. So data and, and Picard or data and Riker spent a bunch of time later in the episode, you know, in the tunnels and exploring yeah. the planet and whatever. Uh, and like Riker's even like, ah, oh, my friend like this. And he's really warm to him, which I really like. Um, I think it's great characterization for Riker for being, I think, exceptionally warm. Like Picard will always have a little bit of, you know, uh, formality to him that will soften him and or like that will make him seem a little colder. That's more what I meant. Um, but Riker will, you know, kind of be like the Red Ranger. He's kind of like the the natural charm and leader mm. type. Um, but he, he befriends Data. What was I saying with that? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that, that that kind of peters off in the episodes to come, but me, yeah. like, spoiler alert, geez. Well, like, it never goes away, but I don't remember. I It really felt in this episode they were trying to set up a dynamic that mm, isn't really see, deeply explored. I see what you're saying. But um, that, that was something um, that I liked, like, going into the episode when you're getting the introduction to, like, Picard knows he's getting his, like, um, number, his number two. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, number one, right? He calls yes, Riker number, number one. one, number one. And um, so like my anticipation and like following like typical tropes and shows was Riker was going to come in guns a blazing, like p- probably a lot of pushback and sassy, yeah, like yeah. the normal sort of thing, um, probably an attitude or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he comes in and he's very like, very 
I, I loved how he was so accepting of data. I was yeah. expecting him to give data kind of a hard time. But yeah. He goes and meets him in the simulator. Oh, no. Simulator is the Orville in the holodeck. Yes. And um, and when he finds him in there, he starts talking to him and he gets a kick out of data and he yeah. kind of smiles. He's like, I think we're going to be good friends sort yeah, of thing. And yeah. I'm like, I love that because I was expecting him to like give him a hard time or find him weird or whatever. And so I'm grateful that Star Trek didn't follow that trope and Riker just falls right into just wanting to help mm-hmm. and following orders, but, yeah. and, and like, and having his teams back 100%. right away, not needing to get to know them for them to be his team. Mm-hmm. They're his team. Well, that's one of my favorite dynamics of Star Trek is that it's not, it doesn't fall into really cheap inter crew drama very often. Like, it's not like, you know, there's like intership, dr- like politics that they're just like, ah, oh, I can't believe they said this, they did that. Generally, everyone loves each other if not just respects each other and you know they at least respect the position the person's in and the the drama comes kind of from external sources and so people give each other the benefit of the doubt or you know if there's like a weird brain virus going around maybe not but what i like is the drama is kind of more contained it's not you know cheesy um well it's definitely cheesy and it's very campy but it's not like captain i'm sensing Oh my god! A powerful shout out. My yeah, pain. pain. <laughs> Marina Sirtis, is that you? I love. She's lovely. Yeah, she's lovely. But that's also like kind of you can tell the show didn't fully know its tone yet, where it was like they kind of go a little too serious with that. Whereas later they back off on on Counselor Troy being that prominent too. She's in the future, she's let not me, really on the let deck. Let me discover this for myself. Oh, you're right. Spoiler, spoiler, I'm spoiler. So I'm so sorry. Oh, my Lord. I, oh, uh, my damn. It was funny, Zoe <laughs> kind of watching the end of the episode, because we watched it. So we watched that episode probably a month ago. Yeah, disclaimer. We, we did watch re- it Because you had already agreed to watch Next Gen with me, and we're going to kind of like watch it as we wanted. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I had I kidding, there was I only didn't. one gun involved. Um, you watch it. But we watched like three or four episodes or something and then we came up with this idea for the podcast once we had these mm. arms from the other podcast here yes uh, well it had started with you saying you wanted just to do like girlfriends react to star trek and uh, i was like okay mm, <laughs> mm, to be fair um also those four episodes we watched i mostly watched by myself because you were asleep <laughs> within five minutes but i continued to watch them i finished them even with you asleep mm-hmm. so I just feel like yeah, props sure. to me. When you've watched uh, Deep Space Nine over, over my shoulder, because I when we're playing video games. Yeah, yeah. when I'm current, when I'm currently watching Star Trek by myself, that's what I watch is Deep Space Nine. Currently, currently. yeah, that's the one with the bartender quark. 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 Yeah, yeah, but we're not talking about that one. We're not talking about that one. We're talking um, about Next Gen. Um, one thing I wanted to mention too about Next Gen that I thought was um, really cool was um, the progressiveness of having because this was 86 87 you said 86 i think is when this came out okay so the progressiveness of having the men in dresses well that's what i was gonna ask what's the sickest outfit in this episode i want to do like a couple segments we'll have to develop (laughs) them audience you can kind of help us i think the sickest outfit is going to be a good one because there's always great outfits in star trek yeah okay cool 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 uh so can we agree we'll award that to any of the men that were in the dresses. Yeah, they were short. <laughs> they were really dresses. short. And um, it caught me off guard at first, but like in a good way. It's like not something that I wouldn't like was expecting to see on Star Trek in 1986. And um, 
just coming off of like when we watched the Freddie Mercury special or whatever, yes. like this is like in the heights of like the AIDS, AIDS yeah. pandemic and um, the target on homosexuality. And even though you and I know that any gender can wear a dress, this was this would have been associated wearing, wearing a dress back in the 80s would have been associated mostly with homosexuals. So for this show to put their um, their men in these dresses and some of the women weren't in them. They were in yeah, pants, pants and the men were in dresses. Yeah. I just think that's so freaking cool yeah. of the creators, of the writer, of everyone involved. Cause like that, that would have actually been like a really huge, um, not step, but statement statement to be making during that time yeah. period. I agree. I think it's, uh, it's fun too. <laughs> it's cool. I feel like if I go to a Star Trek convention, that's what I'd want to wear. You should. You got nice legs. Thanks you. It's okay. No spoilers. We'll continue. You're so bad. Um, For, I'm very fortunate that I haven't watched Vampire Diaries se several times through. So watching it with you this time is actually like watching it, like almost new for me. When I'm trying, well. to, like, like we, like we agreed, we're not trying to, you know, find the flaws in the other show. They come up naturally. There's a lot of stupid stuff in Star Trek, a lot of camp, a lot of cheese and a lot of bad episodes. There's actually like we we've decided to do the whole series for both of them because there's 178 Star Trek Next Gen episodes and 171 Vampire Diary episodes. So many. <laughs> it's basically three years of podcasts. <laughs> Buckle up, buckos. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how you guys feel after like a hundred. <laughs> we figured we figured we would start at one season, one season of both, and we'll we'll figure it out from there. Hi, you you for like people, it when we podcast <laughs> for people oh. listening only um, via podcast. Fanny is my cat, <laughs> and she used to not and be so cuddly. No, but she's okay. Aww. Don't don't hate me though, but actually you might be warm. Fine. Sit. Yeah, you can sit as long as you settle <laughs> down, Fanny. I think. Well, you were talking about how we're not here to tear apart each other's show. Yeah, and there's a lot of and there's a lot of bad Star Trek episodes. That was, and, yeah, and like, and, and like we when I was gonna sh walk you through Star Trek for not this sh podcast, there was a lot of episodes I would have skipped mm -hmm. um, because you know they're not essential to the plot. It's more of an episodic show anyway. Like it's it's of that era, um, and so we probably would have skipped them. But I think it's fun. To look at the good, look at the bad, uh, and it's also easier just to pair it up because there's such a similar number of episodes. Like it's a weird coincidence. Yeah, that they're so that close. 178, 171, and Star Trek has a couple two parters, so I think we'll like this one. We'll just do them in one go. Mm -hmm. But um, back on track with the episode, I was reminded how boring Star Trek can be. Oh, <laughs> when uh, so. The episode starts, you know, Q comes on because they're basically they're on their their <laughs> cat. God dang it. Settle down. All right. There you go. Um, They start and they're like, we're on our ongoing mission. All right. We're going to go to Farpoint Station, pick up Riker. And then they get trapped in this big giant space net. And they're like, what the hell? And then this Q appears and is like, hey, what the fuck? Humans go back. Well, no, what he actually says is. Wait, didn't I take the note of what it was? Because I said I wanted to quote it for the rest of my life. Thou oh. art directed to return to thine own solar system immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what he actually says. Yeah. Um, but then they, so so that happens. <laughs> uh, and they decide, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do. Because they basically the ultimatum is go back or, you know, die. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, we're going to make a run for it. We have this brand new spaceship. Uh, and you can tell they were pleased with their special effects department. And they're like, we're going to spend a bunch of time uh, on, you know, ships coming apart and going real fast. 
but there's that scene where they're all <laughs> they're oh my god <laughs> i'm not even there yet but okay, yeah go ahead go ahead um am i there yet? i guess that's what happens like okay we're gonna separate the saucer uh, and so they have the, you know, the, the miniatures, which do look pretty good considering that they're like 35 years old. Uh, but they're like, we're going to separate the saucer. And it's all like the shots of, you know, the saucer and the battle deck coming yeah. apart. I literally have this, the dragged out scene of them reattaching to the station is so intense and suggestive. It reminds <laughs> me of when you're watching the hot dog jump into the hot dog bun at the drive-in. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> like, it's just like this very drawn out like scene yeah. it's like you waiting you're waiting you're, uh, and like i i don't know how it would have been horns, clap your hands <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if audiences back then would have found that sequence thrilling or if you know t they tolerated it <laughs> in the same way that we do but i found that even that wasn't as bad as the sequence where they're speeding up they're like okay we're at warp nine and it's just like everyone is just sitting there staring at you know, what's a, a, essentially a screen of white lines going by. <laughs> 9.2. Okay, Captain, now we're going to 9.3. And like, there's so little that's happening. And it's just like, you know, they're world building, I guess. They're showing that in this era of Star Trek, things are faster than the original series. But it's it's so dull. And I get why when I was a kid, I thought the show was so boring when you compare it to... I love you. I love you. Bye, Fanny. Bye, Fanny. <laughs> uh, when I compare it to, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, where mm -hmm. it's like the spaceship parts are so thrilling and Star Trek, the spaceship parts are not thrilling. This, the best parts of Star Trek are people sitting down talking about the good stuff. And Q comes in and talks about the good stuff, talks about how humanity sucks and is judging us by our past actions. And they end up making a compromise, judge us by our current mm -hmm. self. And it's like, all right, a test. Uh, and so far escape at far point is becomes a test where they have to go to the station or they have to go to this planet where they've built this top of the line space station, this mm -hmm. human specification, specified Starfleet specified specification space station. Um, Say that 10 times fast. Human specification Starfleet. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and they, they, they do you think that they did a good job showcasing that these humans are better than we are today? We're, are we talking like specifically just the human race? Yeah. In, in so this video, do you feel like in, in this, video. this in this episode, the representation of you know these are the best that humanity has to offer? Uh, do you think that you felt like these are the best? Like this is the best version of us we could possibly be? Did you see that in this episode? Um, it was definitely a good start. Yeah. Like they packed a quite a lot and also not a lot into a into a short span of time, but I do think that they proved their point. Like even with like Picard self sacrificing and um and not just going and like blowing the whole planet up, uh, yeah. like when the thing's being shot at and not just shooting at the thing that's shooting at the planet. They're yeah. trying to like deliberate. Like okay, why is this happening? Yeah. Why is it upset? what is the piece that we're missing here? Mm -hmm. Whatever. It's not just like shoot now, ask questions later sort yeah. of a thing. Um, and I do think that that is, that did like, mm -hmm. that's better than how we do a lot of things now. And so yeah. I do feel like it did do a good job at, I think they won the test. I'll put oh, it that yeah, way. For sure. Um, but as far as like the other races, like that alien planet did kidnap another 
like creature <laughs> and tied up. So if we're talking about races in general or like the species in general, maybe not, but the humans came but out looking that, good. That's, so, that's kind of the point though, is to prove that humanity is worth letting explore and go and spread see, itself. And I think so. And I, I like that message of hope that, you know, humanity one day in the eyes of some galactic galactic beings would be worth it, would be good for the universe to go around. Because we, we think of us now and we're like, we're such a pest. And they're like, don't let us off this planet, please. Yeah. yeah. We would make everything worse. Yeah. Well, like we talk about how like when the aliens fly by Earth, they just like roll up their windows yeah. and don't make eye contact with us. <laughs> we're like, we're the hood. Yeah, we're the, we're the bad <laughs> We're the bad side of town. Oh my goodness. Um, the one thing that I found like really eerie to kind of watch is when they're in the courtroom um, and Q is like giving them their sentence or whatever, the way that the the humans watching are reacting. Yeah. They're, they're thirsty for like violence, for violence. They're like, they're so intense and wanting just this, just dramatic and anger and, and violence and everything. And like short of them holding cell phones, it felt so awkwardly much like real. Yeah. <laughs> like very uncomfortably real on how the, what is the word I'm looking for, for the the collective, how so many people now respond in like, they just want drama. They yeah. just want clickbait. They just, those cell phones are out and they're watching and they're laughing and they're teasing and pointing and getting their jigs out, uh, jigs off for this. And I, I, I'm watching it and I'm like, too real. This feels too real. <laughs> they might, they might be dressed like scullery maids from the medieval times, but yeah. It's far too the sentiment real. is very real. Yeah. No, Star Trek is definitely, you know, a good predictor of the future. Like even uh like minor spoilers for a different series of Star Trek, but the riots that kind of s- cascade into what will become a really important change for equality. So like this this violent riot that happens because of oppression of poor people happens in 2024 in the Star Trek universe. And it feels like we're like, we're kind of right there where it's like inequality is so bad that uh, riots are going to start happening uh, just because people are so desperate. But um, I didn't catch that. That's not in this episode. Oh, but spoiler. It's not. It's that's in. I think that's more (laughs) of a Deep Space Nine thing. Oh, I see. I see. But my question for you is, is Commander Riker hot or not? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think he's definitely charming. Like he's got like this twinkle in his eyes that I find like very, very inviting. Yeah. Um. He's very like he just has a warmth to him, and he's got like a little side smile. I really like that. So I would call him handsome. Okay. But he's not like Vampire Diaries, Damon Salvatore. <laughs> That's hot. I don't think they're uh, going for that. No, I know, but you asked. You're right. So I'm You're answering. Right. Okay, next question. Out of 10, how would you rate Worf's makeup? Because it, it varies wildly in quality of paint and blend. I mean, uh, it's not awesome, but it's like... Yeah, what, what would you describe the color of it as? Because it's not quite like... It's a, it's, I mean, you so don't know like, what he's supposed to look like. It's just I was going to say... It's I, off this I, I have nothing to compare it to, but it's kind of like gray yeah, toned it's and not it doesn't quite, look nice. But I did call, so what's, um, help me, LeVar um, Burton. Yeah, what's his character's name? Jordy LaForge. Jordy LaForge. Um, 
when we first watched this episode, I called I called it. <laughs> I'm looking at his glasses. Any any of my like. 80s and 90s girls will know the banana clips, the ones that would you'd pull them back and you'd pinch in the back of your hair and they were awful, but we did them all the time and they so they look like teeth. And I look at David, I'm like, he's got a banana clip on his face. Like that that I <laughs> that's just a banana clip spray painted. Like I, so I googled it and sure enough, they had come up with tons of different prototypes and one guy just came in with a banana clip and said, "What if we just stuck it on his face?" So and it it's is. an iconic piece of a uh, st- sci-fi uh, prop Yep. And it's just a, pretty much just a spray painted glorified <laughs> banana clip on his head. That's um, great. Apparently so it sucked wearing. It was yeah very uncomfortable, but <laughs> so, so funny. I think we're kind of at the end of what discussion. Uh, if you had to pick one moment in the show and I'll start so you can think about it. What most impressed you about this first episode? For me, it was the way that they have Q on that. Like when he comes in during the 21st century trial segment mm. he's like in his red robe uh and he's on this black or the, on this kind of like floating crane or this floating throne sort of thing and he's basically he's on a camera crane uh but it's mounted and kind of hidden so that you can't see it but the way they do a bunch of these cool camera moves where the camera's moving but q's also moving so it's good this multi-dimensional camera movement which is really elevated for you know a, a tv yeah. show and it's really dramatic there's this one shot of q you know, being 15 feet taller than Picard, he just kind of comes down. And he's just, he's so full of, he's not hubris. What's what's the word that I'm looking for? Not pride. Um, ego? Ego. And he's just like so sure of himself. He's so full of himself. And Picard's just this tiny little figure and he just gets close and right in his face. Uh, and I found it really effective. And I don't know if the show ever reaches those cinematic heights again. <laughs> Good to know. I'll but I'll see. Myself. I've never really watched it with the critical eye. It's always been just like, you know, it's it's a show that I enjoy and I watch. Yeah. Uh, but now it's and sometimes uh, it's okay to just watch things because they bring you joy. Not anymore, no. baby. Now it's a podcast. <laughs> Hi, um, Fanny. Hello again. I genuinely like if if I'm going, and it's something that you enjoy too. Is I like the miniatures. Like I really did enjoy mm. how they built that planet. Mm-hmm. Um, because it actually did like to me. It looked like they had built like an entire set. Yeah. Of this planet, and then you're like. Oh, I love miniatures. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they would have been miniatures. Like, you're so much more knowledgeable on the movie world and what goes into building movies. And you've taught me so much. And I'm really appreciative of that because even in like Die Hard and stuff, like, I didn't, I never clicked that those are miniatures. This is things that people built. I was like, somehow they blew, blew a real them. helicopter <laughs> against a real building. <laughs> I never thought about it. So I, I really appreciated that part where they were like the, the little um, village that they had built on the planet and the planet itself with all the um, miniatures. I think that that was really cool. Yeah. Um, even to today's standards with all the fun effects and stuff you can do, there's still something just so quaint and um, endearing about oh, using miniatures. Me, Fanny. And it's like, yeah, because things in movies don't have to be real, but they have to be inspiring like mm-hmm. it's i mean it's the same thing with uh the t- mission impossible movies like we know it's not real we know that like you know it's he's not like hanging off a side of a spy plane i mean it's tom cruise no no, no but i'm impossible. saying no, but, might be. but like <laughs> he's not really like it's still a fictional world there's yeah. still safety devices there's still this but what we have to believe is that like there was something real that went into it and tom cruise really did hang off the side of a fucking plane. Yeah, he's tied in. You know, he's got yeah. gla- or like co- eye contacts to protect his eyes. But like, it's real. And it's the same with like, we don't really believe there's a village, but like there was something real that went into it, like yeah. a real craft 
uh, and instead of a computer doing it. And it's only getting it worse. Let's not talk about that. Instead, let's talk about the sexiest vampire show we watched all <laughs> week, baby. We're switching to the vampire diary. Yay! So I kind of feel like I led the uh, Star Trek discussion. <laughs> do you want to guide us? Do you want me to guide us through the Vampire Diary one? Uh, here's my notes: Vampire Diaries, <laughs> speed ramp of a movie, <laughs> speed ramp of a movie. I think that's um, what does that mean? So speed ramp is when like you know it goes like slow motion to fast motion. It's more like it's very two thousands like yes. Fast and Furious, where it's like it will be you know a shot and then it'll like speed through with the camera whipping forward. Anyways, I think it's when the vampires on the road and you know it's like yes. doing the setup hey like teenagers going away they love each other uh they hit someone and then the figures on the road and like oh god what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and the, the man gets out and goes and checks on the person lying on the ground and then the person like gets up real quick and like attacks them i think it's that speed ramp that i really enjoyed yeah you, uh, you had like a reaction like ooh, that was fun <laughs> Yeah, I know that opening scene, like when he's getting out of the car to go check on the guy, I'm just like, I would, I, I would never, I've watched too many of these shows. I'd be like, why was he standing in the middle of the road? Why is there fog? Nope. I'm not getting out. I'll call the cops, but I'm not leaving my car to check <laughs> on the person on the road. I'm yeah. going to stay in my car because it's not a vampire. It's probably like Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not leaving my car. Yeah, but are you Common just going to sit people. there or are you going to drive away? No, I prob I I've, I've actually thought about this. I've put a lot of thought into if I ever hit somebody on a dark quiet road by myself. Cuz what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to do anything. So I I oh. No, I legit would drive away calling the cops and being like I've driven up a couple blocks. I'm like I'm not running away. I won't leave. You can come find me. It's not a hit and run, but I'm too terrified to get out of my car. Yeah. I'm a I'm a single girl. At 2 a.m. on a dark, foggy road. Okay. You know what? That's a that's a reasonable response. Yeah. Uh, and so... It has nothing to do with Vampire Diaries, but that is... That would be my plan if I ever well, hit somebody I mean, with my car. Well, I mean, speaking of single girls, the show then goes to Nina Dobrev. What's her character's name? Elena. Elena. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, how would I describe the setup? Oh, it's Twilight, but slightly less annoying. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not, it's not like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because it's kind of similar. It's not quite the same and it's certainly less obnoxious than Twilight. Uh, there's a charm to it. There's a fun to it. Uh, it's very teen drama. Like It's like kind of like the OC of Vampire World. Is that how you would describe one, I'd it? I'd say more One Tree Hill. Oh, Vampire World. One Tree Hill and OC are different? Child, that's the next <laughs> podcast. <Okay>, yeah. <laughs> It is actually because OC is mainly like rich brats in Orange County, whereas One Tree Hill, like some of them have money, but most of them are just like supposed to be regular people I see. going to regular school. Yep. That's why it's kind of better, but they're both great, if you must know. Okay. Also, so would like to disclaim that I don't just watch teen drama shows. I have, I have other tastes. Hey, don't look at me. It's true. I'm it's watching true. Last of Us. That's true. Thank you. We'll talk about that. We'll do a special one-off episode sure. at the end. Um, and so we get set up with uh, Nina Dobrev, Elena, who's, you know, living with her sister and brother. No, it's her aunt. That's her aunt. Yeah. Ah. So, so Elena has just lost her parents um, a couple months back due to a car accident. And now she lives with her brother and her aunt. 
um, and they're just about to start grade 11. Well, Elena is. So she's brother's one year younger. I believe so. But he's doing drugs. Ooh, naughty, naughty. Anyways, they're they're dealing with their trauma. Uh, And then all of a sudden, hot new guy shows up at the school. With the baggy jeans that you (laughs) don't fit. I mean, if we're going to go best out, we should do best outfit on both shows and then worst outfit on both shows. Uh, I think he's got the worst ones. Those jeans, like, make him look like his butt is an indentation. Yeah. And then his, like, hood of his hoodie is, like, inside out. For a, yeah, it was a weird choice. I was like, how did you not notice that the hoods and like the did, seam is sticking out? But he doesn't. I don't. But know. it's several scenes. Yeah. So they <laughs> they have their meet cute outside of the men's bathroom that she was just you know ass- not assaulting but confronting her brother for selling and doing drugs. Yes. Um. And and, and, and his was like, you need to chill yourself. You need to chill yourself. You need to chill yourself. That's pretty good. There yeah. was a quote in this show that I wrote down that because I loved it. Uh no. Benny. I'll cuddle you after I promise oh yeah my favorite line no context I will give when was the last time you had sex with a puppy (gasps) I put that too (laughs) (laughs) what What is the context for that I don't remember oh you don't remember okay so (laughs) let me tell you it's such a random line but no so he's chasing around um, oh my gosh I'm blanking on her name but the the girl that he was hooking up with all summer. Um, and she says to him. The one that will later be attacked? Yes. Okay. Um, oh my gosh, I feel so bad that I'm just, I think I'm <laughs> slightly nervous, so I'm blanking on the name. But um, so he is, she says to him, you've got to stop like following me around like some lovesick puppy or something along those lines or some like lonely oh, puppy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, when's the last time you had sex with a puppy? <laughs> Which is such a weird, weird line. Such a weird line. And you hadn't been paying attention and you just clued in like right on. You're like, wait, what? what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm not explaining it to you. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But uh, yeah, so the hot guy comes. <laughs> hey. Um, hot guy's name is Stefan. Stefan, sure. Stefan uh, Salvatore. Sure. Show respect. Show respect for Salvatore. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they meet cute. And then so she goes and she's brooding at her parents' grave. She's writing in her diary. Yeah. I and- actually did. Um, I actually really loved that scene in a way because I think we dismiss a lot of what's being said in the show because it is so teen drama-esque. But um, she brings up like a very valid point kind of dealing with like grief. It's it's like she went in her in her summer or whatever. And now she's she's coming back into um into society after losing her parents and and having to grieve that but then almost ex- being expected to be better yes. already and she she comes in and that would be probably really hard to do in high school you know because you know everybody's whispering about like oh it's the girl whose mom and dad died in the yeah. car accident or whatever and, she, and we find out that she was in the car she was in the car but yeah. she survived but she says that she's writing in her diary how like she went around saying to everybody she was fine, but she wasn't, and no one noticed. Uh. And then makes one comment before that segment kind of ends where she's like, um, people don't actually ever really want you to give the real answer anyway. No. Something along those lines. And I thought, I'm like, you know what? That's actually like a really like deep and relatable moment for this mm. teen drama show. It doesn't have quite as many of those as Star Trek does, but... No, but um, that, I agree, because like... Yeah. I mean, anyone who's grieved will know, you know, there's a very short window of time where people have sympathy for your grief. And very quickly, people are like, yeah, it's been enough time. Yeah, and well, like they, the dick teacher. 
<laughs> oh, what does he say? That was yeah, so weird. He's like, he's like, I was lenient last year for obvious, obvious reasons, reasons, but summer's over. Like, yeah, what? Like, it's like, uh. Also, it was a question that no one answered, and then you single out this fucking girl. Like, what the hell is wrong with you, you <laughs> no, asshole? It's okay. Stefan Salvatore puts him in his place. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Tells him to go look it up in the archives. Yeah, it was so. a strange, strangely written scene. I think the acting in the show, so in the first episode, was not an issue. Everyone kind of hits their marks, does their thing. But some of those confrontational scenes are like so intense mm-hmm. and aggressive. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to say that that changes. I don't think it does. I think that's the point um, of the show, though, right? It is. is that drama. But I am, I am glad that you brought up like the acting and stuff because... It's it's easy to write off, write it off as cringy, and of course it has its cringy mm-hmm. moments. That's kind of its point. But when you take a step back and realize, wait, these are teenagers. Yeah, it actually does take the cringe factor out because let's be real, and, and I'm being a teenager is kind of cringy, and I don't say that as in an insult to teenagers. I just I say that in a way like when my Facebook memories pop up yeah. and I look at what I was putting <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like, oh, okay, no, this is just how teenagers are. are. And and so then it's like, oh, okay, it's not so bad. So the it's actors so actually bad. do a really good job yes. at capturing the the essence of being like a <laughs> a dramatic, I don't even want to use the word cringy, but just like a typical teenager, yes. you know? And I, like typical, tip, like typical teenagers, there's a uh, party in the woods. Yes. And you know everyone's got their drama that's set up and kind of paying off. There's the blonde girl that likes Damien. No, not Damien. Damien's a bad guy. Uh, Salvatore. What's his name? Sal- Sal- Salvian. <laughs> Stefan. Stefan. Yeah. Um, Salvatore is there, and there's a blonde girl who likes him and wants you know to make. Be be something with him, but he's not. He doesn't have eyes for her. He has eyes for yeah, Elenor, Elena, Elena. But you're completely skipping over my girl Bonnie, who's the oh yeah, the The, quote unquote witch who is apparently psychic. But then she grabs Elena and has a vision of the crow and the fog in the woods. Yes, yes. You can't you can't forget Bonnie. Oh yeah, okay. Wait, wait. We're at the we're at the cemetery. And fog rolls in, and then there's a crow, and then Damien's there. No, and, my gosh, Damien's not there. Uh, Stefan's there, and they have an encounter, and then, but she's so thrown off, and she runs away. No, no, no. He did runs even, away. Did you even watch the episode? This, yes, <laughs> I most certainly did. <laughs> she madam. hurts herself and starts to bleed, oh, and so yeah. then he takes off. And I, actually, I wanted to ask you. So that's the first time that we get to see a little bit of Vampire Diaries versions of vampires. And you being a Buffy fan, mm-hmm. what do you think of Vampire Diaries? Um, I think it's probably a smart choice to have it be a little more subtle, uh, not as you know Klingon esque. Yeah, the, the the makeup is a little bit better. But I love the Buffy vampire look, and to me, it's hard to separate you know my nostalgia from objective truth. But I thoroughly enjoy the look when. And I think it looks fine when they fully <laughs> transformed into vampires. The morphing tech at the time, so when they would go from human face to vampire face, and it would be a digital transformation between these two practical faces, that looked terrible. But we're not talking about Buffy. If we did... No, that's what I was asking you, like how you felt about the portrayal of the vampires in Vampire Diaries. So far, it just seems like their eyes turn black and they get sharp teeth. 
Yeah, I think that's about it. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. A little less dramatic, I suppose. No, and I enjoyed when the brothers. Yeah, no, we're sick. Let's let's go linearly. I think the show. What we do, we should go linearly. So we're at the cemetery. Okay. He you runs. Didn't do that with Star Trek. I want to. I'm next time we're doing it. Okay. We're gonna go through, beat by beat. Um. <laughs> so after the. After the. What's okay. the place called? Cemetery called. Okay. What, what happens? So after the cemetery and after Stefan has like fucked off because he can't handle the sexy smell of Elena's blood. Um, <laughs> I, she's she's at her house and she's getting ready to go to this party and Stefan shows up at her door. And oh, yeah, he has his, her book. He has her diary. And she nearly like when he like hands it over to her oh. and he apologizes or, or whatever. And he's like, yeah, well, I know that I wouldn't want someone to read mine and she's like you keep a journal (laughs) (laughs) like literally nearly climaxes at the thought of this guy keeping a journal and i'm like oh we have low standards (laughs) well i mean especially back then men who were in touch with their feelings were a rare breed i think that you know there is more more men or an acceptance for men who are in touch with you know their their quote unquote feminine side and journaling and you know talking about their their emotions but back then uh yeah back then when it was better <laughs> men bottled it all up yeah inside. shut the hell up men <laughs> shut the hell up totally kidding yes <laughs> just yes. for the record um sh- sh- most shocking line in either show uh can i say hot trendy mess <laughs> <laughs> yeah that we Bonnie does say that she goes, can I say hot tranny mess? Is that, is that still okay to say? And we had to, we rewound it twice yeah, and, and, then, the and then subtitled it just to be sure. Like, no, they didn't say that. Um, Cause this is 2009, which I guess is quite a while ago now yeah. that you think about it, which is really scary to me. It's like, eh, it's two years ago, 14 years, four, ago. four years ago. Um, uh, Elena does quit back. No, I don't think we can say that anymore. So at least Good. there's that. Oh man, I don't think I've heard that word in a decade. No, (laughs) for good reason. Uh, I also wanted to shout out the soundtrack on the show. Yeah, the soundtrack's fire. Does it always that dense? Because it feels like there's no score. It's just these big hits. Well, not hits, but like these big songs. There is like there is still like some score throughout, but for the most part, like Vampire Diaries was known for having a really amazing soundtrack. Um. I don't know if in a roundabout way it was kind of because I think One Tree Hill ended not too long after it started or around the same time. And One Tree Hill was also known for having like a really amazing soundtrack at all times. I see. Um, So I don't know if they were kind of like riding that that popularity and that high Mm. of having that be such a prominent thing in shows because music it still is everything, but there was something about music in like the late two thousands. It was just like, <sighs> I don't know. Well, there was, I think you say, yeah, there was something about the two thousands. Just say, say that. There was something about the music in the late two thousands or even just in the early, like the 2000s. I mean, too. part of it is that we were in high school around that time. So it's like, that's an age where, you know, you're impressionable and you're making a lot of big memories. And so, 
no matter what, you'll always have a great appreciation and affinity for the stuff that you were taking in at that time. So I think like, yeah, fair. I think music has really changed and like, I like the music of that era better too. I wouldn't say I like it better. There was just something about the impact that it had. I I don't watch a lot of like the teen drama shows that are really big now, but I just don't notice it the same mm-hmm. as how, like even you said, like there were so many songs in just like one short yeah. episode. I don't know if they quite do that the same way as they did then. Um, I don't know. I felt like music really drove a lot of the shows. But I, I, we also don't watch teen shows. True. Like we let me know if use, we're wrong. Yeah, if people who watch teen shows, let us know if there's a ton of soundtracks. It's like they still do it. I mean, Kate Bush got a huge uptick because of Stranger Things. Shout out to the cover. Of I was gonna say, run up that hill. Yeah, running up that hill. The OGs knew that it came from Vampire Diaries first. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. Jokes. So. Uh, she gets home. She has her diary. Is that when Damien shows up? Damien. 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 You're doing it on purpose now. Yeah. You're gonna die. Damien shows up. Yeah. Okay. Not at the party. No, no, no. They were not at the party yet. D- doesn't he find him before? No. Um. So she asks Stefan to go to the party with yes. her. They go. Caroline's flirting with him. He's not interested. That's the blonde girl. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, Elaine and them are talking and then um, oh, it really drives me nuts that I can't remember because she's Matt's sister. Oh yeah. I apologize uh, Vampire okay. Diary fans. I can't, I'm totally blanking. On the people listening to this first episode there's like one person who's like, I love Vampire Diaries. How <laughs> dare you? Um, she is being atta- um, attacked by her boyfriend like he's like basically forcing himself oh upon her yeah, yeah. So the, she's like oh not here i don't want to have sex with you here and he's like kind of just keeps pushing yeah. so jeremy goes and breaks it off she That's tells Alina's him brother yeah yeah she tells him to get lost and says that she wants nothing to do with him but the reason is that we've kind of find out is he makes her feel too vulnerable because he really sees who she is yeah. and wants to know her and she doesn't want that that's yeah. too scary for her what does she say she says something so weird Ah, well, I can't remember. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, so anyways, he kind of just leaves her in the woods and she's walking around all drunk and then she the fog rolls in and she doesn't think anything of it. She's yeah. just like, eh, roly fog. I'm like, <laughs> Word. why are you not running? Um, is that and, the sign of uh, vampires in the show is like, if there's vampires around, there's fog? Honestly, I, I can't remember if it is like a thing that keeps going Maybe or if it's, it's like just tied or it might even just be like the specific power. I see. That, any, I also like don't want to spoil too much, so just mm, we'll just have to keep watching. All right, all right. Um, she gets attacked in the woods, and then um, Stefan they they find her. They stumble across her because Elena follows Jeremy into the woods. They find her. They freak out. Stefan takes off to his home, and that's where he finds Damon. Ah, uh, and what does he yeah. say? What does Damon say? What's his first line? My name is Damien. No, uh, <laughs> my name is Damien. You literally said it when we were watching it. I like to fuck puppies. What is wrong with you? What is it? Oh, hello, brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why was that so hard for you? I, I I, I have to give you props because Damon just comes into the camera, like the in, in, camera view, and you can't even fully see his face yet. We're not fully introduced. And David's sitting beside me and he goes, hello, brother. And a good like few more seconds passes before he even says it. So I was pretty impressed. That because you hadn't seen a clip yet. I definitely hadn't seen a clip, but I can. TV shows sort of have their formula. I was trying to give you props. Okay, I'm. You're right. I'm a genius. You are. 
You could have written I'm Vampire a Diaries. Genius. That's what we that's what we say to each other. We're like when we predict a line because you do it too. You, yeah, you I do. sometimes predict show lines. Um, and as we're going through shows that are older, you know, shows that ha- have built the foundation that other shows use, it's you can kind of feel the beats before they happen, and so it's fun to say the line sometimes. It's just. That line, hello, brother, is like an iconic Vampire Diaries line. Oh, really? Yes, because that's when Damon comes into the picture. So it's like one that's usually quoted. It's on mugs. It's on shirts. It's a thing. So when you, sitting beside me, never seeing it, went, hello, brother. I was like, the (laughs) fuck you did? Uh, It's because I like Metal Gear Solid and they're all brothers. Oh. But it's it's different. Brother! Basically the same. <laughs> do, do you have a stroke? What just happened? <laughs> I'm really good at voices. You're so good at voices. So that's how the episode ends. They fight, right? And he's like... No, that, I don't think that's how it ends. How does it end? A... <laughs> <laughs> See, it just shows you like... The beginning of Vampire Diaries is like slightly... Oh, no, 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 no. It, um, the... They, the sister that was attacked is in the hospital and she wakes up and matt is sitting beside her yeah and she can barely talk but all she's able to get out is empire and then i believe that's how yeah it cuts to black yeah there's a couple like cut scenes in between there where it's like stefan brooding over his diary and elena brooding over hers um but it's very much a traditional like pilot episode um it's doesn't quite have the same impact as like star trek does Vampire Diaries is something, it's a story that more like, it definitely builds episode per episode per yes. episode. I don't think it ever really concludes and wraps everything up in a bow and then moves on to a completely different things. So, Well, that's definitely that era of TV was becoming, we were stepping into episodic and into the serialized era where it was all about continuing drama throughout the season so that you you have to watch the next episode, whereas... Star Trek was of the era that, you know, you play whatever's on the TV and you just kind of watch it when it's on. And each episode has to tell a full contained story. And I think Vicky. Oh, the Vicky's, Jeremy's. The, Vicky is the sister's name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I'm sorry. I have to go on my phone and find this before I end up losing my mind. <laughs> like, I'm like, I feel so ashamed even being yeah. on here talking about this show. And her boyfriend is Tyler. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I find- a, I'm not nervous anymore. I know the names. Pilots are always tough. And I think Star Trek has the advantage of this being a a first episode. I don't know if it was officially a pilot or not, because, you know, there had been a whole Star Trek series before there was these movies and it had kind of picked up new steam again. And so it wasn't really the pilot in the same way that Vampire Diaries, where it has to just kind of establish everything. Star Trek already was established and it was just a new start. Yeah. Uh, but I think Vampire Diaries did a formidable job. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like intriguing. Like it makes you want to keep watching because now it's like, okay, Vicky yeah. just outed that she was bit by by a vampire. Yeah, which is unexpected. Because, Normally they hide it so long. Well, because what it's passed off as is um, animal attacks. Ah. Um, But there hadn't been any big animal attacks in decades because Damon and um, Stefan had left. Mm. So there haven't been vampires in Mystic Falls. Um, but now Stefan comes back and all of a sudden there's all these attacks and he, we kind of skipped over that. But his he calls him his uncle, but it's really his nephew. Ah, uh, um, and he's human. He's not vampire. No, he's yeah. He's just human. And he's like, Stefan, why are you like you told me you weren't going to do anything. And Stefan's like, I'm there's not Damien's son. Damon. No. Damien. If you don't start saying it right, I'm not going to do this podcast. No, I'm going to do it just to mess no, with you. No, I'm going to I'm going to walk off. Okay. D- D- Demon. Demon. 
Simone. <laughs> Anyways, so he's that's the uncle's his kid. Damien. Say it right. Damien. Say it right. Damien. Damon. Oh shit. Damon. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not his kid. Then who's the dad of Damon? Well Oh wait, no. Who's the uncle what's his uncle? Uncle Frank? No. Jacob. I think Jacob. I think it's Jacob. <laughs> We're doing a really good job. Um I don't think it's like his his real nephew would be like nephew, 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 nephew. Like somehow, Oh, but they are related. Okay. They are okay. blood related. But, not... but you gotta remember like the Salvatore, like Damon and Stefan are I think like a hundred something. That's what I was going to say is I didn't understand how the timing would work. Yeah. But okay. So just related. So it's like nephew. Sure. But, but yes, Stefan is the good guy. Damon is the bad guy. Mm. But he's the hot one. He's the one well, you have a crush on. Yeah. I mean, I've grown up. So he, uh, the, the bad boy serial killer vibe <laughs> doesn't really do it for me the same <laughs> as it once <laughs> did, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm still, I'm definitely a, a Damon Stan than a Stefan. Sure. It's, it was kind of shocking to me how similar to Edward Cullen, uh, Stefan is presented as. You think? Yeah. They're like the same. What? How? Just cause they're both white boys? With like that same haircut and they dress the same. And... I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I Whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm way more intrigued by Damien. Damon. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> um, and, but I'm excited. I'm excited to keep going. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for you to get a bit more into it because I really do feel like the characters develop and become more interesting. And there's, there's so much. There's just so much that happens. Mm-hmm. And I can't even give you like tidbits of it. But it's, it's going to yeah. be very fun to kind of watch your journey and like... This this clusterfuck of a show. Well, I'm beyond excited because I know I know you're gonna like Star Trek. I know there's gonna be tons of shitty episodes and stuff, but it'll be fun. I think I'm excited to watch it one episode at a time because I as I've gone through it, I usually binge it. You know, yeah. you kind of watch a couple episodes here I was and there. Just about to say it'll be hard to not binge it. <laughs> but I think it's good because it almost simulates you know the experience of its time, uh, and it also allows you to think in absorb more of it i find with star trek if i went to a star trek trivia i would lose because i don't absorb any of it if you're like remember that episode when this happens i'm like oh yeah yeah that did happen didn't it whereas if you're like tell me you know a time that an alien did something like this i'd be like i don't fucking remember yeah but now with you know having to digest i feel like i'm gonna internalize even more star trek than i ever have very you ready i'm gonna get more star trek tattoos i hope you do I love them. Right on my eyeball. <laughs> right on my eyes. I will not get Vampire Diaries tattooed. No? No. But I, I do. I, I am excited to share the show with you. I yeah. think like maybe one day, like I'm probably more of like a One Tree Hill, like would have been like my major binge that I've but seen you quite just a bit. did it. Well, and I feel like Vampire Diaries suits the Star Trek. Like it it's more complimentary. Them. Yeah, yeah. It compliments them well. And I'm excited about it because I haven't watched Vampire Diaries a ton I've I was only just starting to rewatch it a couple months ago, and then I I petered off because I I wanted to watch sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm glad that I did though because I get to watch it fresh with you. Yeah. So it is going to be like watching it kind of new for me. Yeah, 
as well. So any of the diehard Vampire Diaries fans, don't come at me. I just really, really love the show. And so I'm really excited. Well, and welcome, because I don't know how many people. I mean, if we're being like, I think, unfortunately, to start, it's going to be a lot of people from, you know, the line of sphere that are going to be watching this. And I think most of them will be more acquainted with Star Trek than Vampire Diaries. And fair enough. But the aim is, is we want to reach you Vampire Diaries people, people that don't care about Linus things, or maybe you do, but you know, people that are kind of outside the regular sphere. So we got to find people that that are more like you, that are more cool. And even though we're going to- That Linus people aren't cool, but- And even though we're going to (laughs) be spoilerizing everything, my hope is that it'll kind of like intrigue people to try shows maybe out of their Mm -hmm. normal wheelhouse- so so often we like just dismiss it as like it's a chick show. Yeah. And it's like, well, I've had other partners in the past and I've even noticed with you, I put on my chick shows and you'll be like playing a game. But then before you know it, you're intrigued by the drama and the yeah. stuff that's happening and you're watching you're like, OK, well, what just happened with that person? I'm like, well, if you've been watching and I <laughs> but I used to love it because you'd start asking me questions and yeah. then I'd get to catch you up on my shows and stuff. And so I think if we were more open minded and tried. Yeah. Other things. There might be something out there that you might like. You might not hate Vampire Diaries, Trek fans. You might not. And I think what we're going to recommend with the show, like we're figuring it all out. Uh, we're also figuring out format. We're figuring out sections. So, yeah, if you have good ideas for segments, let us know. And I've never done a podcast before in my you're, life. You did amazing. Congratulations. So, you're the best. No, you're the best. Um, I love you. Thanks for carrying I me through that. Too. I will be better. <laughs> no, you I genuinely did great. Um, but I think I would recommend... To follow along, I would just say watch one episode of both a week or one or the other. But I think we're going to try and give enough structured and explanation of, as to what happened in the episode that if you haven't watched it in a while, you would be reminded. Yeah. Uh, so I would recommend watching both it or one. Um, but if not, we will give enough explainer that you'll kind of get the, the context of it ideally. Yeah. So next week, episode two of, of Vampire both. Diaries. No, episode three of Star Trek. Oh, you're right. Episode three of Star Trek, episode two of Vampire Diaries. Watch them and then we can talk about it together. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. So until then, follow us on Twitter at, uh, what I call it? Fight for Remote. At Fight for Remote is the Twitter. Fight for the Remote at gmail.com is the email. Send us your questions, your ideas uh, there. Um, I'm not going to cut that. I'm not going to cut that. You just released a demon. Uh, No, a demon. No, I knew you were going to do it. I knew it. As soon as I said demon, as soon as it left my mouth, I'm like, he's going to do a play on the word demon. And mm. we'll have like a TikTok and some other places to go. But I think, I think the TikTok will be us just videos, us reacting to important (laughs) moments of the show. I think it'll be funny. Yeah, it'll be great. But yeah, if you have any feedback, any questions, any suggestions or money, just (laughs) e-transfer. Just don't. But no, I'm excited to do this with you, babe. I love you. I love you. And I... You make life better. You make my life better. Thanks for watching my shows. And thank you, audience, for watching our show. Yeah, thank you. Until next week. We love you, too. Goodbye. Bye.